Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. If you have your Bible, turn it to Mark, the 16th chapter. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the subject of disappointment of death, the disappointment of death. How many of you out there, you've ever faced a disappointment in your life? Something that, that is, it just took away all your joy, it took away all your peace, felt like it was over, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's a hope, maybe it's a relationship. You've, you've experienced this disappointment that's brought you to this breaking point. And what I want you to know today is we're all in the same boat. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've all got the same t-shirt, whether we want to admit it or not. We can come here on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, dress like an Easter egg all we want to. But the fact is we're all jacked up. We've all got problems. But the good news is Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, he meets us at the point of our disappointment. And disappointment is swallowed up by the power of resurrection. Mark, the 16th chapter, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, when the Sabbath had passed, Saturday is now over. On Friday, Jesus suffered. He died. He was buried. But Saturday was an interesting day because it's a day of rest. For the Jewish people, you can't do anything. And so all of the followers of Jesus that were there Friday, they saw him suffer, they saw him bleed, they saw him die, and they've got to go to bed with those images in his mind. I don't know if you've ever seen someone suffer and die, but that's an image that you can't shake. And this was not just some normal death. This was a gruesome death. Jesus was so beaten that he was beyond recognition. And those are the thoughts that they go to sleep with that night and they're trying to sleep and they can't sleep because they've got these images that are coming to them. Saturday, they can't do anything. They can't do any work. They can't do anything to occupy their time to get their mind off the situation. And all they can do is cry. All they can do is mourn the death of their Savior, the one that they had put their hope in. Now he's gone. But when Saturday was gone, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. They want to go and finish the job. See, it was such a rush thing to get Jesus in the tomb, they weren't able to wrap him properly. And it was the men who took him down. It was the men that wrapped him. It was the men that did the spices. It was the men that put him in the tomb. And the women here are going, I know if a man did it, they didn't do a good enough job. So we've got to go back and fix this thing. And so now you've got these Marys and you've got Salome who bought spices and they're going to anoint the dead body of Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back. It was very large. Turn to the person next to you and say it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, hey, don't be afraid, don't be alarmed. 
you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has risen, and he is not here. You've come to find Jesus, and he was crucified, he was murdered, he did hang on that cross, he did bow his head, he did breathe his last breath, we did take him down, we did see him buried here, but he has risen, and he's no longer here. You can see the place where they laid him. But now I want you to go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him, just as he told you. It's amazing to me that Jesus told his followers over and over again, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die, but don't worry about it because three days later I'm coming back. Yet the people who followed him, the people that placed their trust in him, really didn't believe it was going to happen. Because if you go to the Easter Sunday morning story where we're at, the, the day that we call resurrection, they weren't there with a tailgate party waiting for Jesus to come out of a tomb. They're going to anoint a dead body. And have you ever had an ambition that outweighed your ability? You ever had, you've got the desire to do something, but you don't really have the natural ability to accomplish it. Like maybe some of you, there's a job that you really wanted or a promotion that you desired and then you got it and the pressure was too much. Some of you, maybe it's a new car that you wanted to get and you thought about this car, you've dreamed about this car, you've looked at this car online, you've gone and test drove this car. This is the car of your dreams until the first bill comes in the mail and you can't handle the payment. Some of you want a relationship. You want a boyfriend, a girlfriend, you want someone to marry, and it's all well and good until you get it and you realize, I can't handle the responsibility. The truth is, there's a lot of different things that we deal with in life that we desire, that we want, that we just don't have the ability for. Our ambition outweighs our desire. Several years ago, I was probably 19 or 20 years old, but it was, it was at the closing of the 1900s. And uh, Randy, who leads worship, myself and my older brother, Alan, went to Best Buy. I don't know why we were there, but we went to Best Buy. And when we walked in, I think they went to the CD department. And for those of you who are younger in here, these CDs are these little discs that we would put our music on. And we would have to carry a whole suitcase around with us just to carry our music anywhere. Y'all remember those times? Yeah, where's Jimmy Rowe? Remember the eight-track player, Jimmy? Wasn't that the best? <laughs> I'm going to go off on a rabbit trail here, but it's okay. Just somebody remind me, CD. When I was a kid, my grandfather had this eight-track player that he was so proud of, and he had these gospel uh, records on eight-track, and he brought me to his office. He said, son, I want to show you my eight-track player. And so he puts in his first eight-track and it starts eating the tape. And he pulls it out, and he puts another one of his records in, and it eats it. And he proceeds to keep on putting more and more tapes in it. It's eating them all, and finally he goes, yeah, which is what my grandfather said when he was disappointed. <laughs> but let's get back to Best Buy. So they're looking at the CDs. I go to the home theater department, and I stumble across this TV I've got to have. It's much larger than the television I currently have in my bedroom. I mean, this thing was high fi for the time. 
Now, for the time, I mean, they didn't have flat screens like this. They were the box TVs. It weighed 10,000 pounds. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? You had to have a forklift to just get it from. And so I found this TV and I had to have it. I desired this TV. And so I get this TV and then I'm like, you know what I got to have with this TV? I got to have a surround sound system. And so I go and I buy the amp, which is also very large. I buy all the speakers. I buy all the wiring, everything that I need to have my very own home theater set up. And so they put it on the dollies. The workers, they roll it all out there. I pull my Chevy Blazer up. And when I get to the front of the building, Randy and my brother look at me and they go, how are you going to get all this stuff into your truck? And at that moment, I had like a real decision to make. Do I return the stuff and take my brother and Randy home and come back and get it later? Do I have this stuff delivered? Or do I make them stay here? And I made the right decision. I said, boys, there's an Applebee's about 500 steps that way. Why don't y'all go on over there? I'm going to go home. And I drove home and left them. I left them. See, my, my ambition, my desire to have this sound system outweighed my ability to carry the system and the people. And I didn't even go back and get them. I made them call and get somebody else to come pick them up. But that's, that's what we're dealing with here in this Easter story. These women, they have a desire to go and honor the body of Jesus. They have a desire to go and anoint him with spices so that he can have a proper burial. They, they've got their game plan together. We're going to wake up early in the morning, early on Sunday. We'll get together. We'll meet. We'll have some coffee, some donuts, and then we'll head to the tomb. They've even got all the supplies they need. They've bought the spices. Everything is in place. But as they're walking on their way to the tomb, the question pops up, who's going to move this stone? Are, are you going to move it? I, I mean, I can't move it. It's too heavy. for. I know it's too heavy for me. You're not going to be able to move it. Salome's not going to be able to move it for sure. As a matter of fact, this thing's so big that if we all three work together, we're not going to be able to move this stone. We've got a barrier and an obstacle that is standing in between from where we are and where we want to be, it is blocking our purpose. But as they drew closer and closer to the tomb, with every step that they took, they, become, they get, begin to become within eyeshot of this grave and they see that the tomb, the stone has already been rolled away. God did for them what they could not do for themselves. As they were walking, God was working. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, see, they had the spices, but they didn't have the strength. And I wonder how many of you have gone through something in life that you've desired to do, but you didn't have the ability to do it. You, you want a better marriage. You want a better relationship. You want for your family to be strong. You want all of this stuff, all of these desires, all of these good things that, that you want, you desire, but within yourself, you don't have the ability to fix it. Maybe some of you, you're wrestling with this depression. You're wrestling with worry. You're wrestling with fear. You're wrestling with anxiety. And everything that you've done 
is still there. The obstacle is still there. The barrier is still there. And you don't have the ability to move it. And what God is saying to you today and what God is saying to me today is if you'll just bring the spices, I'll bring the strength. In other words, if you'll just bring the faith, I'll bring the power. All you've got to do is start walking. All you've got to do is start moving. And you may want to give up. You may want to back down. But if you'll keep on moving, the closer and closer you get, you'll see that I've been working all the time. You may not see it. Matthew may not feel it. But he's been working the entire time to move what you could not move for yourself. But here's the thing, you can't allow what you see to cause you to turn around. See, the, the, the ladies, they, they've got the good intention, we're gonna go anoint the body of Jesus for burial, but on their way, when the question poses, pops up, who's gonna move the, the stone, and none of them have the ability, they don't go, well, let's just go back home. And many times that's what we do. When things don't look right, when things don't feel right, we turn around and we actually abandon the process that God is trying to work out in our life. But he's saying, if you'll just keep on walking, if you'll keep on moving, don't live according to what you see and feel, but live according to your faith in me to know that I am always with you, I am always for you, and I am always working on your side. If you'll bring the spices, I'll add the strength. All you gotta do is show up, and it doesn't matter how little, listen to me, it doesn't matter how little or insignificant your faith may seem. It may be just a little drop of faith that you can put together, but God says, that's enough for me. I can take what you got, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant, if you'll just bring it to me and you won't let go, I will work it out. That's good preaching. And the 930 crowd responded way better than y'all. <laughs> I'll drink to that. But we've got, we've got to understand this. You can't live according to what you see and feel. Because things aren't always going to see or seem right. Things aren't always going to feel right, but that doesn't mean that God's not in the midst of it. I love the story of King David. If you have time to go through his entire story, you'll see that he's a guy just like you and I. He, he has struggles, he has pain, he has disappointments. He has times where his friends, the ones he loved, the ones he served, stab him in the back. You ever had that happen before? Someone you thought you could trust is the one that turned on you? And something about that hurts more than anything. When it's someone that you loved, when it's someone you've tried to help, they turn on you, David experienced that. He experienced loss, suffering, pain. And he gets to a point in Psalm 27 where he says, you know what? Jimmy, it's been so hard that I felt like giving up. I, I felt like throwing my hands in the air. You ever been that? You don't have to raise your hand right now, but have you ever been there where it's like, things are so tough right now, I just want to give up. I want to throw my hands up in the air. That's where David is in Psalm 27. He says, it's so hard right now. It's so difficult. And he says, I would have lost heart. I would have given up unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The problems are big, but I've got just a little bit of faith. 
I've got just a little bit of faith. And although things may seem like they're crushing me, and Jamie, it may feel like it's over. It may feel like I'm down. It may feel like I'll never get back up again, but I've got this little thing called faith. And I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing. And in the midst of that place, God steps in and does for me what only he can do. See, that's the key. When you do what only you can do, then God steps in and does what only he can do. You've got to bring the spices for him to bring the strength. You've got to bring the faith for him to bring the power. Tell the person next to you, say, God's working. While you're walking. See, they're so far away from the tomb, they don't know what's happened already. So their discussion at this point in life is how? 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 But as they get closer, they see it's already happened. So we've got to, we've got to stop focusing on how. We've got to stop focusing on how large the stone is. We've got to stop focusing on how impossible the situation looks. And realize with God, all things are possible. No matter how dead something seems, no matter how dead something seems, Nothing is beyond God's ability to resurrect it. Nothing is beyond the ability of God to resurrect your call, your dreams, your hopes, your desires. Men will try to put us in a grave. Men will try to discount us. Men will try to disqualify us. But you know what God does? He laughs. He laughs at the plan of men. He says, if I've got a kid that's got some faith, I'll show myself strong on their behalf. They'll, do, they'll be strong. They'll do great exploits. I'm just waiting for a people who will believe in God as much as he believes in you. Yeah. You hearing that? Whew. That's powerful. While you're walking, he's working. It doesn't seem like it. And the truth is, not everything works out the way you think it should work out. Not everything happens the way you feel like it should happen, and sometimes things do die. But there has to be a death before there can become a resurrection. And listen to this. The place of your disappointment is often the same place that resurrection happens. Are you following that? The place of your disappointment is the place where resurrection happens. See, these women... The, the, the man, Jesus, who they trusted in, the one that they put their hope in, their faith in, he's going to be our deliverer. He's going to be our savior. They watched him die. They saw him buried. But they start towards the tomb. They start moving towards the place of their disappointment, the place that reminds them of their past hurts, their failures, their hopelessness, because their hope has been buried but listen to this, it is in our disappointment where God does his greatest work. In the place of your hopelessness is where God does his greatest work. And I'm reminded of the story of Joseph. For those of you who are familiar with the story, as a young boy, God gives him a dream of what his life's going to be like. He sees that one day he's going to have a great position of power and authority. And he gets so excited about this dream, he goes and tells his brothers about it, but they're not as excited as he is. Total different message, but understand not everyone's going to be as excited about your dream as you are. And sometimes you need to be careful who you share your dream with. Because there are people called dream crushers. You ever met anyone like that? I'm believing God's going to 
heal me. I believe in God's going to touch me. Well, God doesn't really do that anymore. God doesn't really do that for people like he did. Don't get your hopes up. It's too late for you. Those are the people that you need to say, see ya, bye. My business is going to accomplish this this year. I know it's going to happen. Well, you, you do know that we're in the middle of a pandemic and, and there's pro- a possible recession going to happen. Things aren't looking good for the economy. See ya, bye. See, my, my life is not determined by the world system. That's a completely different message, but my life and my hope is not placed in what man says. My hope and my trust and my faith is placed in who God is. And he's the God that says it ain't over until I say it's over. And the last I checked, Jesus hasn't come back yet, which means, Jimmy, it ain't over. He's not done with you. It doesn't matter how disappointed you are. It doesn't matter how much of a failure you feel like. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. He's not done with you and he's not disqualified you because he'll meet you at that place of your disappointment. And, and Joseph's brothers, they take him, they throw him in a pit, they sell him into slavery. He winds up in prison. Think about the disappointment of your life. I thought I was going to have power. I thought I was going to have authority. I thought I was going to have prominence, but now I'm in this prison. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look right, but God says, I'll meet you at the point of your, of your disappointment because your disappointment, what looks like a failure, what looks like a, an upset is actually a setup for where I'm taking you. And you've got to go through the death. You've got to go through the disappointment before you can see the resurrection. See, sometimes the things that we feel like have died is actually God moving and shifting us to where we need to be to experience a resurrection. And that's the good news of Easter. That it doesn't matter how disappointed you are. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how many coulda, woulda, shoulda's you've got. Jesus comes and every time he breathes new life and offers a resurrection. I love that. I love that statement. He meets us at the point of our greatest disappointment. And there he does his greatest work. You know, that's why I love a good comeback story. I love movies like Rocky. Because Rocky knew how to take a beating. He knew how to go to the end. And it didn't matter how hard you hit Rocky. It didn't matter how beat up he got. It didn't matter how many times he fell down. It didn't matter how many times he got knocked down. Rocky always found it within himself to get up. Even even when people in the crowd and people in his own corner are saying, it's over, Rock. I want to throw in the towel. It's over, everybody. It's over. This thing's dead. Your hope, your joy, your, your strength, everything's dried up. It's dead. It's gone. Rocky goes, yo, I ain't heard no bell. And that's got to be our attitude. Every time I get knocked down and I, I feel like it's over. I feel like it's over. This one's got me. This one hurt worse than the last time. I feel like it's over. I got to remind myself, I ain't heard no bell. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to start swinging. I'm going to keep on going because a resurrection is coming in my life. <laughs> disappointment. The, the disappointment of death is triumphed over with the victory of resurrection. And that's the message to you today. Do you have disappointment? Sure. Have you suffered? Have you hurt? Sure. 
but the victory of his resurrection is your resurrection. And the angel comes to the ladies and he said to them, hey, don't be alarmed. Like, I know you think this is weird. You came to anoint the body of Jesus. He's not here. They said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth. Now listen, who you are seeking is good. What you are seeking is good. You're seeking Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, who has risen, and that's why he's not here. See, sometimes the things that we're looking for and longing for in our life are good things. The peace that we so desire is a good thing. The, the rest that we want to have at night where I just, I just want to be able to lay down, lay my head on the pillow, and have rest. That's a good thing. I, I want enough joy to when I wake up in the morning, I can smile. I can laugh. I want to be healthy enough to where I can enjoy my family. I want to be blessed enough financially to where I can support my church and help out with missions and always be a yes to any need. Those are all great things. They're looking for Jesus. It's a good thing. But the angel says, you're looking in the wrong place. And the thing is, so many times, the things that we're looking for aren't bad. We're just looking in the wrong place. We're looking for the living among the dead. And when that happens, all we find is more death. He says to him, he says, Jesus, he, he, he did die, but he's risen, he's not here. You've got to go to Galilee. You want to see him? You've got to go to Galilee. And, and this morning, many of us were in here and we're hearing about the resurrection. Just like the ladies at the tomb, they heard about the resurrection. They saw the empty tomb. But to embrace the resurrection, you've got to go to Galilee. What does that mean? You've got to go to where Jesus is. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Resurrection's not an event. Resurrection's a person. Resurrection is a man named Jesus that causes all things to live. And if you're going anywhere other than him, all you're going to find is more death. And I thought about this because so many times we are aware of the stone or the barrier in our life. And we are aware of the fact that we don't have the ability to do anything about this. And instead of going to resurrection and life, instead of going to Jesus and allowing him to remove the obstacle and breathe new life into us, we try to numb the pain, which never gets rid of the stone. I may not think about the stone that often, but it's still there. I may not be reminded of the stone while I'm numbing myself in this way, but the stone's still there. And Jesus doesn't just want you to feel free he wants you to be free. He is the resurrection and the life. And not only does he bring you back to life, but all of those grave clothes that have bound you, that have tied you up, the worry, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the doubt, 
all of these things that bind you and hinder you. He says, not only do I breathe new life to you, but I want to remove all the bandages and the barriers that are holding you back from experiencing true life. There is no life in any other. And we've all tried different stuff. Some more than others. But I promise you, I could get, I could get people up on the stage right now that are former drug addicts and they would say to you, I never found in that what I found in Jesus. And some of you younger ones in here need to hear that. Because we, we think that life will come from, if I could just have this kind of job, if I could just have this kind of money, if I could have this kind of car, if I could have this kind of, and it never works. Nothing wrong with that stuff, but that stuff should be in addition to the joy you've already received from Jesus. You think, well, I'll get it from a boyfriend, I'll get it from a girlfriend. No, you won't. All those things get stale. All those things dry up. Everything in this life is temporary. There is no high that lasts forever. Am I telling the truth? There is no drink that lasts forever. And when you come out, You've still got a stone there. And sometimes we add to the weight of our stone through our own failures, problems, issues. What we're doing trying to fix the problem is adding to the load. I don't know who this is resonating with today, but it needs to be heard. We're adding to our load and we're worn down and the some of the disappointments that we are feeling have been self-inflicted. But God says, I'm good enough to meet you at that place. I'm good enough and I love you enough to come where you are, remove the burden, remove the barrier and breathe new life. Today, you can encounter and embrace true resurrection and I'm not just talking about salvation for those of you who have never put your faith and trust in Jesus you should do that today because he is the only way the only truth the only life no one comes to the father except through him there aren't many ways so if you've never received Jesus Christ you should make that commitment today maybe maybe you've had like a you know half hearted relationship you need to solidify that today but when I talk about resurrection it's more than just the initial salvation because so many times we get worn out I'm saved but I get tired I'm saved but I get beat up are you, are you feeling what I'm saying I've been given new life but I'm still burdened and today I need him to take the wrapping off and that's available for every single person in this place and for those who are watching at home. As a matter of fact, for those watching at home right now, I pray that God would breathe resurrection life into your situation. That you would know that nothing is too far gone for him. Your relationship's not too far gone. Your life's not too far gone. Your family's not too far gone. Today, you can embrace his resurrection.
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, touch them. 